This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah. Well, it has been a great and wonderful celebration. This is one celebration of its kind. And I'm telling you that this is the best place to be this week. Hallelujah. And I must say that to Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev, I remember it was 1984 when I first came in to Christian Family Church. I walked in and it was during praise and worship that a door opened at the, uh, from the back of the stage. Two men came out. I understood that that day there was a guest speaker. And when two men uh, came out, I didn't know who is the host, who is the guest speaker. Uh, but the Spirit of God pointed my attention to you. And he said, that's your father. And, and four years later, I came in into full-time ministry. And six, six years later on, I went to start a church in Polokwane, Pastor Luis and I. And it's all because of your teaching and your covering upon our lives. Thank you so much for accepting us, even when we were still young. We were so young that even the young called us young. <laughs> and I remember one time one, in one of our, uh, the funeral, the first funeral that we did, uh, we were at the gravesite in Harangua, and I opened up my Bible to start the proceedings at the gravesite. And my wife, we were newly married, my wife was among the people there, and she had two ladies speaking. And one lady was uh, saying, is this the pastor? And the other lady said, no, this is not the pastor. This is the altar boy. The pastor is still coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's how young we were. But thank you so much. You embrace us, and it has been great. The church started, you know, many years later. That church that you came to start in Polokwane has produced 11 more churches, you know, and uh, we're having sons uh, that we launched out, seven of them that are running their own ministries, successful ministries, and it's all because of the covering. So I'm grateful to God that God brought me to this house. And this is the only house that I know, that I have. And this is the only house that I will ever know. This is my home. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you ready for the word of God? Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for your grace, even as we are gathered here to receive your way. I thank you, Father, for the anointing upon my life to minister the word. I thank you that I will minister the word with power and with anointing. Lord, I believe that I receive revelation from you, that God, you will minister through me. I yield myself to you to be used as a vessel in Jesus' name. Lord, I promise to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for all that you will do and accomplish through your word this day in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Now, the title of my message is The Blessing of Partnering with God on His Mission. 
You know, that there is a blessing of partnering with God on his mission. Now, I say this, and I preach this mes uh, message with the understanding that we're having Christian leaders here this morning. And so it might be different from a Sunday morning message, but I believe that is going to bless you. Hallelujah. Now, God has been on a mission ever since the fall of man. It has never been multi-missions, but one singular mission. And that mission is of reconciling man back to God, to himself through Jesus Christ. It has been Jesus Christ throughout. Now, when man sinned against God by disobedience, he gave Satan access to the universe to ruin the earth and the atmosphere above. That sin ruined man's relationship with God. A curse came into the world. Of course, we see this in Genesis chapter 3 from verse 14. The Bible says, the Lord said to the serpent, now this is after Adam and Eve sinned against God, and uh, they were influenced by Satan, you know, who came through the serpent. And so the Lord said to, to the serpent, because you have done this, curse are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field, and on your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to the man he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Curse is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now when we look at this, we realize the severity of the problem that Adam created. You know, Pastor Joseph, I was thinking about this as you we were talking about this, that, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to hold Adam by the throat and say, do you understand what you did to us? Do you understand the problems that you created for all of us? We wouldn't be experiencing this. What were you thinking when you ate that food? What were you thinking? You know, that's what I'm thinking that I'm going to say to Adam. Because he put us into this mess. But thank God, God being God, he never gave up on us. Amen? You know, God loved man, his treasured possession. So much that from that moment, he began a process of reconciliation. You know, the Bible says in John 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So God wanted 
to bring reconciliation to man, you know, to, uh, that man should come back to him. And so when he did that, he started right after the fall. You know, God called different people and then entered into covenants with them for the purpose of bringing the rest of humanity to reconciliation. That was his mission. We are given the ministry of reconciliation. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20 tells us this. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespass against them, and entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. So God has entrusted every one of us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God wants you to partner with him on the mission of reconciling people back to God. That is what we are here for. That is the reason he saved us. He saved us that we can go out there and partner with him on that mission that he started after the fall. And the Bible tells us in verse 20 that therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We employ you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So we see here that God started his mission by working with man through different administrations. Or you might say through different dispensations. Or you might say through different episodes. You know, in a story there would be different episodes, but it's the same storyline. And so the Bible is telling the same storyline of man reconciling back to God. That is what the Bible is all about. But it may say it in different episodes. And so we need to understand this. Now, administration, when we talk about administration, it's a stage in a progressive revelation of God expressly adapted to the needs of a particular nation or particular period of time. So dispensationalism, I want to limit it today to an approach to the Bible that recognizes different moral responsibilities for people in keeping with how much they knew about God and his ways. God's revelation of himself in different eras required moral resp uh, responses on the part of humanity. So each stage gives a promise of God's intention about humanity. An administration or a dispensation did not change the mission. You know, the mission remained the same. A dispensation can also be defined as a distinguishable economy in the outworking of God's purpose. Biblically, dispensation can be defined as a divinely established stewardship of a particular revelation of God's mind. So the Greek word, oikonomia, 
from which the word dispensation is translated from, has a sense of managing the affairs of a household. So the dispensation are economists instituted and brought to their purpose conclusion by God. God chooses how he wants to relate to men at a particular time. So a dispensationalism is a form of stewardship or responsibility of humanity to obey God and to honor him. Now, the Scott Field Reference Bible lists seven dispensations, and which are, number one, the dispensation of innocence, that is, before men sin against God. The second one is of conscience. You know, when men now uh, understood that I am naked. The third one is after the flood, when human government came up to being. The fourth one is a dispensation of promise, when God called Abraham out of uh, his land to go to a land that he will show him, and that through him, all the world will be blessed. All nations of the world will be blessed. You know, then the fifth one is the law, the dispensation of the law where God gave Moses the law, that the children of Israel were to live by the law. Now, the sixth one is a dispensation of the church, you know, which I believe that it's our era today, which started when the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2 and people went out and started preaching the gospel. They replicated what Jesus did. And this is what it's required of us today to go out into all the world and preach the gospel and do what Jesus did. You know, and the last one definitely will be the dispensation of the kingdom. You know, where we will reign with Christ for a thousand years. Now, a progressive revelation of God can be seen in Bible portions. I will quote a few. In Acts chapter 17, verse 30 to 31, the Bible says that the times of ignorance God overlooked. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So here the Bible says that there was a dispensation of ignorance, but now it's a different dispensation whereby Jesus has come, Jesus has manifested, and now God expects all of us to know Christ in our lives. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. In John 1:17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So the covenants that God entered with different people were to establish and grow his mission of reconciling man to himself. So in every dispensation, salvation is by grace through faith, made possible by the death 
of Jesus Christ. Now when we go back to Genesis 3 verse 15, we read this. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So Jesus came to fulfill that mission that God talked about in Genesis 3 verse 15. The mission was the fundamental expression of the church. The whole Bible expresses the unity of one mind and unified purpose on the mission. And that unity is expressed in the promise God gave. God gave a promise in the Garden of Eden of the seed that will crush the sat uh, Satan's head. God gave the promise to Abraham and through him to mankind, a promise eternally fulfilled and fulfilling in the history of Israel and chiefly fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He being that which is principal in the history of Israel. The divine promise was given to the patriots, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in Genesis. It was continued in Exodus narrative, emphasizing that the new nation Israel was Yahweh's son and his people who were to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation for the benefit of all humanity. Out of Israel's seed would come God's Messiah for the whole world. The same promise is restated and renewed with David that his seed will be given a throne forever. Now all in that promised seed were called as a light for all the nation so that families of the earth might come to faith and to new life in the Messiah. So church, we need to understand that this is what is important with God. This is what is paramount to God. When God's children partake of the mission, of this mission, they will be doing what is central to God. God protects his children when they focus on what God is focusing on. God blesses his children when they focus on what God is focusing on. God keeps his children in good health when they focus on what God is focusing on. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, verse 31 to 33. He says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Yeah. So how can we partake in God's mission? We should be a blessing to our neighbors, to our friends, to our colleagues by inviting them to Jesus Christ. This we can do by bringing them to church. We should be involved in, in ministry by volunteering to do services that will be a blessing to people. We should be generous in our giving to the work of God for the extension of his kingdom. And we should not be derailed from the mission of God. You know, we see here that 
The temptation is there to be delayed. In Acts chapter 1, verse 6 to verse 8, Jesus rose from the dead. And he meets his disciples. And they are on the mountain where Jesus was about to go. And then this is what it says here. So when they had come together, they asked him, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, when they were saying and asking that question, the disciples were reducing the mission of God to nationalism. They were in essence asking Jesus if he's going to topple the Roman government and install the Jewish government. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times and season that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Now Jesus was saying to them that they were playing the wrong game. That is not the right game. The game was wrong because the mission of God is to reach people with the gospel in both Jewish camp and the Roman camp. Why? Because to God, a soul is a soul and it's precious in the eyes of God. It does not matter whether it's a Jewish soul or it's a Roman soul or it's a black soul or it's a white soul or it's a Zimbabwean soul or it's a South African soul or it's a Nigerian soul. It is still a soul and it is still precious in the eyes of God. So Jesus was saying, guys, don't just lower it to nationality. Don't, we are not operating this way. But we are operating with the view of whole humanity. Because the seed was given for the whole humanity. It does not matter what kind of humanity it is. It is, they still benefit from the seed that was given. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You know, you will go beyond Jerusalem, go to Judea, you know, and then go to Samaria. You know, you will be my witnesses in uh, Samaria and to the end of the earth. So now if they were to reach uh, the world with the gospel, they had to remove the nationality, you know, kept. Because you can't reach the world with your nationality cap on. You know, when you start to see people, oh, he's a, a South African, oh, he's a Ugandan, oh, he's a... Then you are limiting yourself. And not only yourself, but you're limiting also the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so he says that, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. You know, everywhere to the ends of the earth. So Jesus was saying to his disciples that they should not hang up on the technicalities of the times, but go out there and be his witnesses. The disciples were to find their fulfillment in the centrality of the mission of God. And in the same way, we too 
also find our fulfillment in the centrality of the mission of God. You see, when we lose focus on the mission of God, we just lose the plot. You know, life becomes miserable. You know, we no longer have purpose of living. Why? Because we are not doing what God wants us to be doing. We are not involved in his mission, the mission of reconciling people back to him. You see, these, these disciples were prone to asking wrong questions. Hey, Jesus had to bear with these people. And, and I'm, remember, I'm reminded of John chapter 9. You know, look at John chapter 9, verse 1. And uh, the Bible says, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? And I'm asking myself, how can a man sin before he's born? And anyway, Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the work of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the well, I am the light of the well. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with saliva. Then he anointed the man's eye with the mud. And he said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sand. So he went and washed and came back seeing. But now, if you go back to verse 3, you know, go back to verse 3. Jesus, they asked him, you know, who sin? Is it? Is this this man or is it his parents who sinned that caused the blindness that he, 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 he was born blind? You know, Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents. Now, I want us to do something. Obviously, we know that uh, in Greek, you know, there were no exclamation marks. And, you know, as our dad has said, you know, that these were put by translators, you know, and so... I'm going to uh, change, you know, some exclamation marks here. Obviously, you know where I got this from. Yeah, but... <laughs> now, it says here in verse 3, it was not, it was not, look at it, Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents. Then there is a comma there, right? Now, other translation put a colon. Now, it says, now, if we change that comma and we put a full stop, it would read like this. It was not that this man sinned or his parents. In other words, I'm, asking, I'm answering your question. Yeah. Then you start a new sentence. But that the works of God might, might be displayed in him. Now, there is a full stop. You remove that full stop. You put a comma. Now it will read like this. But that the works of God might be displayed in him, verse 4, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. Night is coming where no one can work. Yeah. Now what God was saying that it is not a matter of who sinned here. But even in this situation, the work of God must be manifested. 
we must do what God has called us to do. Now, look, listen to what he says in in the message translation. Wow, I have to do this in two minutes. I have to do it two minutes. How many? How many? How many can give me two minutes? Can you give me two minutes? Two minutes? You know, two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. That's eight minutes. Thank you so much. Now, listen to this. It says here in the message translation, Jesus said, you are asking the wrong questions. You are looking for someone to blame. There is no cause effect here. Look instead of what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here, working while the sun shines. When night falls, the workday is over. For as long as I am in the world, there is plenty of life. I am the world's light. Wow. Hallelujah. So Jesus was saying here that, you know, you need to focus on what needs to be done. Don't hang up on the technicality. In Matthew 6, verse 33, says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. The things of concern in our lives will come to us when we put God first. I pray that we put God first in our lives. We, be, we partner with him on his mission so that we can see the benefit of partnering with him on his mission. God bless you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.